0: All right, Acts chapter 13, and we'll just read verses 1 through 3. Acts 13, verses 1 through 3, say this. Now there were in the church that was the Antioch, certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Manaen, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, again, we come before you through the blood and the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, we just thank you, uh, Lord, that uh, you only had to die once. And we only have to be saved once. And Lord, it's for time and eternity. And we're thankful for that. And uh, Lord, we pray again, if there's somebody listening or somebody here that's not saved, that today you'd work in that heart, open that heart, and draw that one unto you this day. Again, we pray for the many needs. Lord, we think of the Veracruz's. we think of the Lester and family, and those, uh, Sister Sarah, uh, Lord, those with sickness. We think of others with things going on. We think of uh, Donald this morning. And uh, Lord, we think of Sister Carpenter and Sister Clark. And Lord, just a lot going on, but Lord, we trust you with it. And uh, Lord, help us as we look into the Word of God. And Lord, uh, we just have a desire, Lord, to draw closer to you and to serve you, and to walk with you. Lord, we thank you, uh, Lord, for uh, Brother Fulfer and his testimony. As, uh, Lord, he's been faithful and then now uh, generations uh, from his family are continuing to serve you. We just pray you'd bless them and bless the Subic Bay Children's Home and that ministry. And uh, Lord, we pray for all of our missionaries this morning where they are. Just be with them and bless them and use them and watch over them. And again, Lord, we commit ourselves to you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so we see here, and there was in the church that was at Antioch. Of course, uh, that's the local church. I'm glad that, you know, some people have the thought of the, the universal church. I'm glad that God talks about specific churches, and he emphasizes the importance and the authority of the local church. And a lot of people don't understand that. Some people, they just understand. I think of a man I've been talking to recently, and he's been in a certain denomination his whole life. And he's like, you mean like you're just like independent? You mean like if a guy wants to go over here and start a church, he can do that? I said, well, if God's calls upon his life and Lord leads, it's not just, you know, uh, random. But, yeah, it is uh, pretty uh, open. I mean, and that's what we saw, right? They just went out and the Word of God, and preached, and uh, these local churches started popping up. And that's what happened here. Antioch is a church that sprung up after the persecution of the church in Jerusalem began. And you know what? You read the Word of God, and you read through Acts, and you know what you see? Sometimes the church needs a little persecution or some event. Maybe not necessarily persecution, but if that's what's necessary. You know, uh, Brother Wood was talking about affliction in the individual believer's life, and sometimes it needs to come uh, to the church. So that they'll get out and uh, be what God would have them to be as a church, or at least some event to get them stirred up and sometimes reactivate them to get them out of the rut and do what God has called and commissioned them to do. But we see this is how Antioch started. Let me just give you a couple verses. Uh, Acts eleven nineteen, 19, uh, starting verse 19, said this, Now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that rose about Stephen traveled as far as uh, 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 Venice and Cyprus and Antioch. There it is. Preaching the word to none but unto the Jews only at this time. Verse 20, And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, right? Preaching the Lord Jesus. And verse 21 says this of Acts 11, And the hand of the Lord was with them. Boy, that is our prayer, that when we are in the service of the Lord, we don't want to be in the service of the Lord without the hand of the Lord upon us. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed, and turned unto the Lord. Boy, what a great church began, and it became there in Antioch. And, of course, Antioch is where they were first called Christians, verse 26 of Acts 11. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. So this this church we're talking about in Acts 13, we see how it was founded and uh, it had an amazing start and it became an amazing church. And so uh, we want to notice here the service they had on this particular Lord's Day, if you will. Notice again verses 1 2. Now they were in the church. That's where we need to be in the church that was at Antioch. Certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Menaean, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. And notice how verse 2 starts as they minister to the Lord. I want us to notice that for a moment. What's that say? As they minister to the Lord. Did you catch that? They ministered to the Lord. You know, has it ever occurred to you? How often does it occur to you when you come to the house of God that God wants to be ministered unto? That's what they were doing right there. They were ministering unto the Lord, right? And that, you know, we come together, and thank the Lord we do, not just to be ministered to. We often think about that. Uh, Lord, what do you got for me today? And uh, Lord, these are my needs today. And this is what I need help with today. And we're coming in. Nothing wrong with that. You know, thinking me, me, me. And right. Because, you know, uh, we have needs and the Lord wants to meet them. and The Lord wants to minister to us. But here they were (laughs) ministering to the Lord. But sometimes we come together, but not just to be ministered unto, but to have opportunity to minister back to the Lord. You know, ministering on the Lord, uh, you see that throughout the Word of God. We see some examples in the Old Testament, right? We, let me give you some examples here from the Old Testament, of course, uh, when the Lord uh, uh, gave the, the, the tabernacle and He raised up Aaron. Let me give you these verses from Exodus 28. It says in Exodus 28, beginning in verse 1, God talking to Moses here, And take unto thee Aaron thy brother and his sons with him, and from among the children of Israel, that they may look, minister unto me. He said, hey, I'm given a task that these would minister unto me in the priest office, even Aaron and Nadab and Abihu, Eliezer and Ithamar, Aaron's sons. So we see that in verse 1, minister unto me. Verse 2, and thou shalt make holy garments for Aaron thy brother, for glory and for beauty. And thou shalt speak unto all that are wise-hearted, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. Verse 4, And these are the garments which they shall make, a breastplate and an ephod and a robe and a broidered coat, a mitre and a girdle, and they shall make holy garments for Aaron thy brother and his sons. Why? That they may minister unto me in the priest's office office. Now we realize these were the priests and they had a specific office and they had specific tasks. So we realize that when it talks about ministering unto the Lord, they had a specific office and specific tasks. But I believe the guidelines they had in preparing to minister unto the Lord can guide us in what God is looking for and those that would say, minister unto Him. And I think those in Acts thirteen would meet the guidelines, if you will say, maybe from a New Testament perspective. Notice what it said in twenty-eight in Exodus twenty-eight forty-one. It says this: Exodus twenty-eight forty-one. And thou shalt put upon them upon Aaron thy brother and his sons with him. Right, talking about the clothing and stuff. And then it says this about those that would minister unto the Lord in Exodus twenty-eight forty-one, and shall one. Anoint them. Two, consecrate them. Three, sanctify them that they may minister unto me in the priest's office. So he says, Hey, I'm setting these people to minister unto me, and you know what? I want them to be anointed, I want them to be consecrated, and I want them to be sanctified. Because they're going to come before me. And of course, we know in the Old Testament, what was the anointing? It was the pouring of oil upon the head, right? They were anointed. Uh, Kings were anointed. Priests were anointed. Consecrate. That that word means this. I like this meaning. It means to the full extent. That's what the word consecrate means. One of the meanings of it is to the full extent. That means to be given to the Lord to the fullest extent, Lord, I want I want you to have me, or I want to give myself to you to the fullest extent, right? I thought about that when I was thinking about that word. I thought about the word uttermost. We always use about salvation, right? I'm saved to the uttermost, right? Like the song says, from the guttermost to the uttermost. And that word uttermost means to the farthest point possible. Well, the, the word consecrate is sort of like that, right? I want to be I want to be given over to the Lord. To the farthest point possible, I want to be consecrated and in service to the Lord, right? The word sanctify, we know, means to set apart or dedicated for holy use. So we won't take the time to to read the chapter, but if you go through Exodus 29, that's a good verse to go through, you see sort of the, the outline of what they went through when they were being set aside to minister unto the Lord. I just give you the outline quickly without giving the verses. But if you go through Exodus 29, you can read this chapter and you'll see those that were set aside for ministry to the Lord. It says that they would be washed with water. Right. Well, in the New Testament, that makes us think of we see the word there washed with water. Right. So there we see given a New Testament application, we would see the word. Right. Make sure the word is flowing through them. Anointed with oil. And, of course, the New Testament, the Holy Spirit. Make sure, right, just like the oil was poured upon the priests, make sure the Holy Spirit is poured upon these and they are filled with the Spirit. So washed with the water speaks of the word. Anointed with oil speaks of the Holy Spirit. Consecrated speaks of the person, right, giving themselves, say, hey, You know, who will consecrate himself this day to the Lord? I believe Moses says in one place, right? Who wants to uh, be given over to God as much as you humanly possibly can in this life? And then they did a sin offering, right? That speaks to the heart, right? Listen, you don't come before the Lord. You don't get close to the Lord. You don't serve the Lord, right? Without dealing with the sin question in your life. And then they did an offering of a sweet savor which you read in the New Testament talks about, we give an offering of a sweet savour. That speaks of prayer. That speaks of praise. And then they had, hey man, the blood applied, right? And they finished up with the blood being applied. And as we sang the song, there's power in the blood of Jesus. Boys, we see these that minister to the Lord. I have no doubt, right, that Paul and Barnabas and these men, as they minister to the Lord, I have no doubt that they were full of the word. I have no doubt that they were anointed with the Holy Spirit. I had no doubt that they wanted to be given over to God to the full, to the fullest extent. I have no doubt that they, amen, they wanted to make sure that their hearts were pure and were dealing with any sin that might be in their life. I have no doubt that they gave themselves, they gave up that sweet savor of prayer and praise as they were ministering to the Lord. No doubt, amen, they'd been washed in the blood and no doubt they were claiming the blood as they ministered unto the Lord. Well, what a beautiful thought that is. It says this of Samuel in chapter 3 verse 1, and the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli the word of the Lord was precious in those days and there was no provision. What a wonderful thought uh, that even, you know, sometimes we just think, oh, that these men of God could minister on the Lord. Listen, uh, children, amen. The Lord wants you, whatever age and stage you are, the Lord wants you to be saved and he wants you to be uh, consecrated to him. He wants you to be fully given over to him as much as possible to the fullest extent in this life. And so thank God in this Day, as we see in these verses, we still have means by which we can minister to the Lord. And as we think about coming to the house of God, no doubt, whatever the burdens we have, whatever needs we have, we want to bring them unto the Lord. And boy, the Lord, if you have a need this morning, you have a burden this morning, you need to be saved this morning. Listen, God is here. Amen. God is here to minister unto you. God is here, amen, to help you and work in your life and do for you. But thank God, amen, if, uh, if, if everything's all right today, you say, Lord, hey, not only do I want you to minister unto me, But I want you to know I come with a conscious heart this morning that when I come to the house of God or when I'm with you, I want to minister unto you. I want to be given over to you. Amen. I want the word of God flowing through me. I want the Holy Spirit upon me. Amen. I want to be given to you. Right. I want I want I want the power of the blood working in uh, my life. I want the sin dealt with in my life. Lord, I want to come as pure as I can and minister unto you. And so they came and they ministered unto the Lord. Boy, that's a consciousness thing that we need to be thinking about when we come together as the people of God ministering to the Lord. Now, notice what it says in verse one again. Now that we're in the church, in the local church that was at Antioch, certain prophets and teachers and i think it's interesting that they note these men because here's one of the things that i've noticed in the ministry and something that i think is clearly seen in the word of god is people that have already seen the lord work in their lives people that have already seen the good hand of god upon their life they've already seen him answer prayer they've already seen him meet their needs they've already seen them work through him you know what they say lord i want more Lord, I want to see you do more through me. Lord, I want to be used if you. would. I hear these men, it then not just say there were men in the church. It says they were prophets and teachers. In other words, God had already put his hand upon their life. But you know what? They wanted more. Amen. If God would give more, they were willing to take more. I mean, Moses is a good example. I mean, how do you get a better example than Moses, right? All that God did for him and through him. And yet he says, Lord, you know what? I want to see your glory. He said, Lord, I want more. I want more. Well, that's a good way to go through your Christian life. I mean, uh, coming up on 36 uh, uh, years of serving the Lord, you know what? Hey, listen, I don't know how long it's going to be before the Lord comes back that, that next time. I don't know how long he's going to let me live, but I'm here to tell you, you know what? Jeff Stewart wants more, amen, of what the Lord has for him and has for my family and, and uh, what the Lord has uh, for this church. I want, I want more. Listen, Listen, I want this church to have more. I look back, I think, God, this church has a good history. But you know what? What do I want for Choice Hills Baptist Church? I want more. I want to see God uh, bring revival. I want to see God bring a story. Listen, I think if the Lord should tarry, listen, uh, uh, that that God wants to do great things in this church and through this church. If we'll come like these did in here now and say, Lord, we want more. Uh, Lord, we want to be consecrated. Uh, Lord, we want to be filled with the spirit. Lord, we want to see the power of the blood of Jesus Christ working. Lord, we want to see the word of God flowing in us and flowing through us and flowing out. Out to the community, Lord, we want listen. Uh, a good way to prepare yourself to minister to others is by first preparing yourself to minister to the Lord. It's got to go through the Lord, man. If you're going to minister to others, you listen, start by ministering to uh, the Lord. And boy, the uh, Lord wants to use you to do that, and so they want to see more, right? And we need to ask ourselves, Is there a stirring in our heart? for more of God? Is there a stirring in our heart for more opportunity? You see, what God did in the church at Antioch, what God did in the local church at Antioch, God wants to do at the church that is in Greenville, South Carolina at 5910 Old Bunker Road, right? God wants to do with the Choice Hills Baptist Church. But the church at 5910 Old Buncombe Road must be willing to do what the church in Antioch did to get God to come by. You see, God came by that day. God came by in a great way that day. But you see, they prepared themselves for that. They, they desire that. They thirsted for that. You see, they that what thirsted hunger after righteousness shall be filled. And so here we see them ministering unto the Lord. And what else does it say? It says they ministered and fasted. You see, here's what that shows me. Now, we know God comes by and He says what? Separate me, right? And He calls some people out. But but when it shows me that they ministered and fasted, here's one thing that that tells me about that group right there. Before the Lord came by and said, separate me, they had already said, Right before the Lord came by and said, separate me, they had already said to the Lord, listen, I want to be separated under the Lord. They'd already told the Lord they want to be separated. And they showed that by the way they came together and to ministered to the Lord and fasted. You see, here's the thing. They didn't come to get out. They came, they, listen, they didn't, they didn't come to get out. They just came to get. And that's the way we need to come That You know what? I would say most people... When they come to church, you know what? Most people say, well, it doesn't matter. Listen, most people are thinking about what they're going to do after church. Most people come to church prepared for what they're going to do after church. Most people, A lot of people don't come to church and say, why don't we see this happen, that happen? Why? Because a lot of people come to their, don't come with their heart and mind on the 11 o'clock hour or the 10 o'clock hour. They come with their mind on the 10 o'clock hour or 1 o'clock hour, depending on what time the preacher gets done preaching, right? right? <laughs> on that hour and what they're going to do for the afternoon and prepared for that. Listen, we need to come prepared for that hour or two hours or whatever it is, amen? To minister in the Lord and let the Lord work in our lives. Don't come to get out. They came to get, and because they came to get, you know what they got. I said, "Well, I didn't get much out of that." What well, did you come to get? Did you come to get? Right? You're right? You get what you came to get, right? is what it says. So uh, verse two, as they ministered to the Lord, they fasted and prayed, and then the Holy Ghost said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I call them. Man, I, I can imagine them in that prayer meeting in the service. Well, I, 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 It's almost like you can hear it when you read the verses. They're crying out, Lord, Lord, we need you. Lord, we need a fresh touch. Lord, we need a fresh moving. Lord, we need a fresh visit. Is that the spirit in which you came to the house of God today? Saying, Lord. And you know what happened? They came to get, so they got. They came saying, Lord, and crying out, Lord, we need you. Lord, we need that fresh touch. We need that fresh moving. We need that fresh visit. And they got exactly what they were expecting. Expecting. What did you come to the house of God expecting? Well, I expected out that uh, we'd be done around noon or a little after, right? And I'd make it in time for lunch. That's what I was expecting. Well, you know what? That's probably what you're. That's probably what you get in. What did you come expecting? What do we notice about these men? Boy, in just these short verses, we notice a lot of things about these men. One, they were spiritual prophets and teachers, and they ministered unto the Lord. They were spiritual because they came prepared. They were sincere because they fasted. What were they showing? They showed they were willing to do without material things. Lord, we can do without food. We can do without material things, but one thing, Lord, we can't do without is you. We can't do without your touch. We can't do without your will. We can't do without your church. Lord, we can do without these other things, but we want you to know we realize what we can't do without. We can't do without you, and we can't do without what only comes from you. That's what we can't do without. And that's the way we should become to the house of God. Oh, I can do without those other things, but I realize there's something in my heart. There's something in my soul. There is a desire in my life, Lord, that I can't do without. And Lord, I know that my church can't do without. And so I come with that expert. They were sincere. Next, they were sensitive. That is sensitive to the Lord's leading in their lives. That's what, Lord... I, give me a tender heart. Lord, I want to come to the house of God with a sensitive heart. Lord, I want to come with a heart prepared. Amen. That when when your spirit moves, I move. Right? As you lead, Lord, so I yield. That's the way I want to come to the house of God. They were sensitive. Next, they were submissive. One, they were, they were in the church at Antioch. You know what? That shows that they were submissive to the authority of their local church. We don't need to be afraid to use the word authority with church. We know the Bible teaches that a pastor's not the Lord over the people and the church isn't the Lord. But in the right spirit and in the right context, the church is an authority, a God-given authority in your life. And we don't need to be ashamed to say that. We don't need to back away from saying that. People are scared to say that today. I'm not afraid to say that the local church is an authority in my life, and I willingly submit to the authority of the local church in my life. And if you have a problem saying that, you have a problem. <laughs> Let's just say it that way. If you have a problem saying that, then you have a problem because listen, these were prophets. These were men of God. And you know what? They they they, showed they were submitted to God by showing they were submitted, amen, to the authority of the local church. And when the door was open, they were there. Hey, I, I, I could probably guarantee you that if the church at Antioch had a Sunday school, Paul showed up. Barnabas showed up. I bet they went to Sunday school. If there was a Sunday school, I I wouldn't doubt that at all. You all right, you want me to move on. And so what? I can feel it. That's all right. But I said it and I needed to be said, amen. People need to be, right? If the doors are open, amen. If the doors are open, your heart needs to be open, amen. And we need to be in our place. So they were submissive and therefore they were ready to step out. And when God came by and sacrificed and do the Lord's will. So the Holy Ghost said, separate me. Now, that's kind of interesting. The Lord said to Paul, right? When he came by, he said, separate me. Because before Paul got saved, he, what was he? He was a Pharisee. Do you know what Pharisee means? Pharisee means the separated ones, right? That's what the word means, the separated ones. So that's kind of funny. He was still among the separated ones, but now he was separated in the right way. See, before Paul got saved again, he was a Pharisee, and Pharisee means separated ones. But of course, then he was separated under the law. He was separated unto a religion. I'm glad I'm not separated unto a religion. I'm separated by a relationship, a personal relationship. When I on May 19th, 1987, when I got saved, I entered a relationship with the Lord Lord Jesus Christ and with the living God. And that moment I was separated. One, I was separated from my past. Whoo, thank the Lord for that. And then I was separated under the service and the will of God. So you see, and Paul said this in Romans 1:1 Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel. He said, I got saved, and I used to be among the separated ones. But you see, they were separated to the law and religion. And boy, I dumped my religion, and thank God I am now separated, amen, unto the gospel. So thank God when you got saved, you were separated from some things, but now you're separated unto God and the gospel. So what a wonderful thing that is. It matters what you are separated unto, And so notice here, and so God comes by and he says, what? He says, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. So what do we see? We see a certain call by God. Boy, uh, uh, God is in the calling business. Hebrews 5, 4 says this about those that would be in the ministry. And no man taketh this honor unto himself. Right. But he that is called of God, as was Aaron. No man take it this honor. It is an honor to be saved. It is an honor to serve the living God according to the word of God as guided by the Holy Spirit in your life. It's an honor. Listen, we don't take this thing lightly. Listen, we realize. Listen, nobody here is better than anybody else. Listen, I, I, I'm no better than you. I'm no more deserving than you or anything. I listen. Where I stand at this moment, I have I, I, nothing about me makes me worthy to stand here. There's only one reason, one reason that I stand here instead of sitting down there, and somebody else standing here, because that is God's call upon my life. God gave that honor to me, and I consider, I consider it an honor. It's an honor to serve the Lord. No man taketh upon himself, but we see this. Look at verse 3. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. What do we see? Verse 2, we see a certified call, but I mean, we see a certain call. In verse 2, we see a certain call, but in verse 3, we see what I call a certified call. Let me tell you what I mean by that. Now, they got a certain call in verse 2, but in verse 3, we see a certified call. You see, the church does not call individuals, right? I mean, I I think as a people I like to call, like, you know, man, Ben, I I tell you, I just think he's one of the nicest guys I know. Man, I just, I sorry, sister, but I just think, you know, we ought to just go ahead and send him on the mission field, amen? Let's just take brother, who wants to take brother Ben on the, I, I see those hands. I just think brother Ben, oh, see right here? She's, we got a hand, you can't deny that sweet little face right there. Amen, right now we're calling brother Ben to the mission field. Hey, we'd like that, right? But you see, it's not the church That calls individuals, but it's the church's responsibility to recognize and confirm God's call upon somebody's life. You see, I got called to preach, and not long after that, my church gave me a license. That didn't put me in the ministry. What they were saying is, Jeff, as hard as it is for us to believe that God would call you, we're still shaking our heads, right? We're still shaking. I remember the night that I when I got called to preach, I called Brother Alverson, man. I about tore my apartment apart there in Germany. And then the night I was gonna he was gonna let me tell everybody. He, he man, he messed with me. He's like, anybody got a testimony? And I'm going, I'm, I'm like I was like a horse shack on Welcome Back Otter. Ooh, me, pastor, me, pastor. Ooh. And he's like, Stuart, hold on. I'll get to you. He'd call on somebody else. He said, anybody else got one? I was like, ooh. He's like, Stuart, yeah. I don't know how many times that. Just calm down, Stuart. We'll get to you. He called on everybody else. Then finally he said, Stuart, what do you got to say? And he got up and uh, talked about that, but long ago they gave me license. What they were saying is, hey, we are recognizing We are ready to confirm that we believe God's hand and call is upon your life. You see, they laid their hands on them. Now, in the Old Testament, when a sacrifice was given, what did they do? They laid their hands on that sacrifice. Why why did they lay their hands on that sacrifice? They were acknowledging that they recognized the Lord provided this sacrifice to be their substitute. They recognized that the Lord provided that sacrifice. When a church lays hands on a servant of God for ministry, they are recognizing that God provided that individual for the ministry, if you will, and that they are their substitute, if you will, or representative in the ministry for that office. Now, we lay our hands on deacons, right? Acts 6, 6, that's biblical. We're talking about the deacons whom they set before the apostles when they had prayed and laid their hands on them. You see, deacons, when they go out, their job is to minister on behalf of the church. Listen, uh, 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 I'm going to pick on Ben, right? Ben can't go to the hospital today or Ben can't visit somebody. So you know what? Brother Thomas, our deacon, he's going to make that visit today. Or Brother McLean is going to take care of that need. Or Brother uh, uh, Muxlow is going to meet that need. That is what they're supposed to do. That's what they're supposed to do. Right? That's what it's supposed to I just, I don't know why I got, got stuttered there. Just joking. Right? But listen, that's why we lay our hands on them. Right? As what we, because we're saying, thank you for being our substitute and going to the hospital. Thank you for being our substitute. Right? Uh, Brother uh, McLean, I mean, uh, the, we had these air conditioners put in. Did you know he's the one that made all those frames? Around the, uh, uh, if you need any welding, he's a good welder. Right? But he did those things on behalf of the church. The pastor or preacher, right? We acknowledge God's purpose in your life. The missionary, we say to the missionary, you are our substitute in going to the regions beyond. You go in our place. You see, we lay our hands on you and say we recognize God's call on your life. You know, we should say to the missionary, thank you for being our substitute in the Philippines. Thank you for being our substitute in Cambodia. Thank you for being our substitute in the place and representing us where God called calling. And we gladly put our hands on you, if you will, and recognize and certify God's call upon your life. So when a church, now talking about somebody in a, the local church, the laying of hands is a biblical practice, again, signifying your pastor, talking about somebody that's been called out of that church, signifying your pastor, again, your local church, believe in and stand with you and behind you concerning God's call upon your life. So when a, when a, when a local church ordains, if you will, they usually we use the term ordain, when they ordain and lay their hands, here's what they're saying to that young man. They're saying, we recognize God's call upon your life. We believe in God's call upon your life. And as you go out there and serve God, we stand with you. We stand behind you and we stand with you. Brother Burgess, were you ordained in this church? Here he is 30-something years ago. he was. This church laid their hands on Brother Burgess. And Brother Burgess, we want you to know that 30-something years later, we still stand with you. We still stand behind you concerning God's call upon your life. Amen. Brother Wood, were you ordained in this church, right? And uh, was it 20-something years ago, All right? God, uh, this local church, laid their hands upon Brother Wood. And we want Brother Wood to know that this local church, still, we still stand with you. Amen. We still stand behind you, right, as God's call upon your ministry, and so we're still with you. And that's what we were saying when, as a local church, we let, you know, we, you didn't have to get reordained because the church got a new pastor, right? It's the church. Amen. It's the church that matters. And we see that. And then it says they sent them away. You see, most, some people may have thought, what? Man, I wish I'd have been a church. He came by and called Paul and Barnabas? How can our church afford to lose them? I mean, we're talking Paul. I mean, man, he's the best Sunday school teacher we had. And Barnabas, man, you talk about an encourager. What is our church going to do without them? They're pillars in our church. You know what this shows us? It's God's church. The local church is God's church that is built on Christ and not a personality. The church is not dependent on a certain individual, even a Paul or Barnabas. What matters is what God wants to do and through a church and God's will in people's lives. So if God wants to remove Paul or God wants to remove uh, 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 Barnabas, you know, now somebody might come and say, hey, I'll give, you, I'll give you a John and a James for Paul. Can we make that switch, Lord? <laughs> right? You know, you know, people think. But listen, it's God's church, right? And as, as, as he moves people around and does this and that, we trust him. Now, listen, I'm sure if I was in that church, I'd be like, man, I don't want to lose Paul as my Sunday school teacher. Amen? But listen, God can do what he wants. So, as we look at here, we say, what a meeting this was. What men they wore. What a ministry this was. But we must seek and pray for the same. As we come together, let us come prepared. Amen. Lord, I want to be used of you to minister to others. Well, he said, you know, a good way for you to start to prepare to minister to others is taking some time to minister unto me. Amen. To, to, to get full of my word. To get anointed with my Holy Spirit. Right. Uh, make, make sure you deal with the, the sin in your life. Make sure, amen, that you're claiming the blood of Jesus and the power of the blood and you're you're praising me and you're praying to me and all these things, amen. And as you minister unto me, listen, I'll prepare you as I send you forth to minister to others. So as we finish up here, God still wants to be ministered unto. God's still looking for believers that want more of him and more from him. God still wants to call people into his work. And the local church is still God's institution by which he fulfills his ministry on earth. Let's pray.